0: I tune into the ACCU Sports Lab to see if my team wanna laugh. If they loud, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they want, she's half. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Michael Charles, they know what they be talking about. They compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know him like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna laugh. And move the ball? On the ball. So listen
1: to professor, professor, yes sir, yes and sir. And pay attention, because he going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill with Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is out on assignment. So we brought none other than Mr. Daryl Wade, Houston Ast- Astros Youth Academy Director, and has a heavy hand in the Cass- Cactus Jack, HBCU class. We're going to get him to talk a little bit more about this. This classic and talk about these HBC programs and why this is exciting and important. Mm-hmm. With that being said, welcome to episode 362 of the Inside the HBC Sports Lab Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC Dash for all things HBC sports from our institutions, large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBC sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBC athletic programs in the business of hbc sports i'm your host dr kiata cavill along with my co-host mike watch and charles bishop we're filming from our home studios and sending a signal out of case waste a.m studios with the texas radio hall of famer that's multi-hall of famer ralph cooper in a beautiful home of texas southern university from houston texas today's episode of inside the hbc sports lab is sponsored by THC agency llc THG agency a company that provides sporting and education. Consulting and data analytics. With that being said, welcome to the show, Mr. Darryl Wade. How are you doing? I'm great, thank you for having me on. It's our pleasure. Again, this is uh, Darryl Wade, Houston Nationals Youth Academy Director. I've had many uh, greater opportunities to speak with him uh, just about his love of the game, just in life in general, uh, particularly, um, and it's happy to have him here. Let me break this down a little bit as we're using this as our news uh, early part of the show when we break it down. Uh, you've heard about this, but we wanted to make sure you got a chance to really get in and talk about this. This is the Cactus Jack HBCU Classic. is set to make its debut at Minute Maid Park on Friday, February the 17th, through Sunday, February the 19th. The Classic will be first of its kind, held in Houston, Texas, Astros, hosted by MLB Urban Invitations that exclusively features historical back college and universities. back in 2013. The inaugural nine game tournament will feature Houston's area of Prairie a and and Texas Southern University and four schools from neighboring Louisiana and Mississippi that will include Southern University, Grandma State University, Jackson State University, Mississippi State University. 2,500 fans each day will receive an exclusive Travis Scott bobblehead presented by Cactus Jack Foundation. I got to make sure I'm there early. I won't be a
0: <laughs>
1: So, what was the fruition of this tournament coming together?
2: Well, I guess it started around maybe about this time last year. Uh, uh, my staff and I, uh, Dwayne Stella, we go to the spring training every year with the players and uh, work, work with the, the manager and the coach. So we were having a – Just a brief discussion with Dusty Baker about the possibility of having a HBCU uh, tournament here in Houston, and of course he said, yeah, y'all don't try to do that. Uh, We came back, we had a new boss, and uh, we went to her, before we could finish the conversation, she said, let's do it. Uh, We started off going to have (laughs) small small schools, you know, like uh, some of the small schools around Texas. Uh, we realized that we take southern being two minutes away from the stadium, three minutes away from the stadium, it didn't make a lot of sense not to include them. Then we said, well, previews local too. So we got them, started thinking about them. Then we realized, well, let's try to go all D1. And that's what we did. We reached out to those other four schools. They all jumped on board, signed contracts to be here. So we are really excited about this opportunity to put it on. We are well, we know of the only one that has had a complete HBCU roster and uh, especially playing in the Major League ballpark. So we're excited about that opportunity. Uh, and know Dusty said it best uh, the, right before the World Series that for the first time in many years, no African-American would take the field in a World Series game. And uh, not that this tournament is going to change that immediately, but I think it will give our kids more of an opportunity to be seen on the national level. Uh, We have a broadcast nationally on Saturday, so all those teams will get to play on national TV, and then uh, our local sports are going to carry it to the five-state network, so all those schools will get those games back at their uh, campus
1: in that city. Yeah, so excuse my rudeness. I should have made sure I said that uh, they're away with the MLB champions, world champions, Houston Astros make sure I put that out there as you talk about Dusty Baker um, and his support and actually saying, yeah, let's do that. I know that's usually a part of their um, training camp. Uh, is he going to be able to be involved in any way, um, whether sending a message or something? That well,
2: Dusty has never missed spring training, as he told me last week. But right now, there's a possibility that they're going to fly back to at least meet with the team and players. Uh, Thursday night as we have a team reception here. Uh, if not, we're going to try our best to get Dana Brown to come down. But uh, we're thinking that, that Dusty will, might be here. Reggie Jackson will definitely be there speaking to the kid. So uh, we're excited about the opportunity we have for these kids to see, you know, Dusty hopefully and for sure. You know, the only black uh, general manager in baseball. And then, of
1: course, Hall of Famer Reggie Jackson. We're speaking with Daryl Wade Houston Island. Astros Youth Academy director. We're talking about Astros Foundation, Cactus Jack, HBCU Classics set from February 17th through the 19th, 2023, as you know, Minute Maid Park, home of the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Charles, you want to ask a follow-up question?
3: Yeah, I wanted to ask, uh, and we've seen classics uh, with regards to football, even basketball, but the uniqueness of the the classic uh, in in this baseball uh, round. I wanted to ask this question. uh, especially with the Astros now with a, a black uh, a GM, how important is it uh, with, with regards to this classic in terms of connecting uh, baseball with the African American community?
1: Well, as you we all
2: know, baseball is probably the least attended by African Americans, probably. But we have we feel like we're going to try to make this event uh, a homecoming, a homecoming type event, like an HBCU homecoming event. Uh, we have to, we know we have to get the community to come out and support it. We have a, a sponsor and we have a three-year deal there, but, you know, that first year is going to make the second and third year. So we're hopeful that we can get enough energy around. We have reached out to
1: schools,
2: uh, everyone, but we reached out to the, the Divine Nine of uh, the Penn Council here in the Houston area, uh, HBCU, the general HBCU alumni chapters, the Houston area alumni chapter. So we're... Hopefully that these people be the ones that will come out and support us and champion this event for us.
1: Yeah, you got some of the best programs in the SWAC um, in terms of that. And maybe that's a little bias on my part. But uh, with that being said, when you talk about some of the events, obviously you have the nine games, uh, exciting Division I college baseball, high school students, college fairs involved, a gospel breakfast, bobblehead giveaways each day. Uh, Ticket packages and suites are available for those that like to highlight. Vendor booths and company sponsorship opportunities are available as well for those that want to get their merchandise out to potential customers. Uh, Fun for the whole family. And so when you break it down, you have the Friday games that start at 11. uh, Last game capping off at 7 o'clock. But then Saturday is when you have the Astros Youth Academy College Fair, which starts at 10 o'clock. Then you have your game starting at 11, similar to Friday with the nightcapper starting at 7 o'clock uh, on Sunday. And at 7 o'clock nightcapper, I'd be remiss if I can say that, first on Friday, that last game featured Southern and Jackson State. Just two years ago, they had a classic uh, championship game that featured Jackson State and Southern uh, in terms of that matchup that uh, uh, is kind of so spot for Charles, so I won't visit it too much. But it was a great <laughs> game, you say. Uh, <laughs> On Saturday night, you have, as you said, the local teams fighting off, which is always a big rival with Prairie View and Texas Southern. We just saw it on the basketball court, a double overtime. So if baseball is anyway, you might get a couple of extra innings in that one. There's always a great contest between those teams over the years. And then on Sunday, um, you start at nine with the Astros Foundation gospel breakfast. That should be fascinating and excellent to see. Uh with that game fishing tonight, Texas Southern. At 7 o'clock we'll face Southern, which has been a rival in itself. So big-time matchups uh, all through the game. You have Mississippi Valley State, Jackson State matching up in terms of Mississippi, uh, which is on Saturday morning, uh, as well as having uh, grambling Prairie View matchups is always good. So fascinating to see that. 3 o'clock Southern, Grambling on on Friday – I mean, on Saturday, I should say. So you have all the mixes for these big-time games and – but folks, they can see it there. Uh Talk about some of these events that you are putting around us and why they're so important and unique.
2: Okay, I'm not talking about those events, but I would like to say, you know, we 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 saw the poll that came out a few Go weeks ahead. ago. Go we ahead. five of the top ten teams on the on the poll at our conference. About that, you know, <laughs> uh, for you being yeah, that's
1: the Black College oh. Nine poll rankings, right?
2: Correct. And so that that's you know, we didn't plan it that way, but we're glad to see it that way. But, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we're trying to make this a community-type event, so we thought it was important that uh, we were really, you know, thinking about, you know, getting fans out and getting everyone involved. So that's why we came up with all of these uh, different events. The College Fair is something that, you know, we've been doing here at the Astros and that foundation and the academy for several years. And we just uh, – we've done it in November and January, so this year we decided we'd bring it into our tournament to try to, to make it there. We have – over 80 schools already signed up to come, uh, and it's not just the small schools. We have, you know, large schools all across the country coming. Uh, we have well over 400 students registered to come from high schools around the city. Houston. So we're excited about that as well. Uh, Saturday night, we're going to have the whole school birthday party here at the stadium in the Gallagher Club. It's actually our boss <laughs> Paula Harrison's birthday that Friday, we're going to have a big badge for her. And there's tickets for that, but all proceeds will go back to the Academy and the Foundation. So we're excited about that. Uh, as I said, we got to get people out here. You know, on Sundays we like to go to church. Mm-hmm. So we were hoping to still get people out if they'll come to our gospel breakfast. We'll uh, have a comedian, uh, national comedian, Marcus D. Wiley, who's a local guy, who's going to perform for our gospel breakfast. And we're excited about that. Tickets are tickets available for that. But with that ticket, you get to go get to all the games on Sunday. Uh ticket prices are ten dollars a day. And I don't think you can beat that anywhere right now for a college baseball game, especially three. Oh,
1: good stuff. Good stuff. Uh I'd be remiss if I didn't give you a chance to put out there anything that we didn't ask you at this time. I, I
2: think you covered it pretty good. But one thing that we are doing, and it's not something that we've kind of publicized, but we have reach out to all the universities, uh, with these athletes, not just baseball athletes. If they will send us their resume. We're going to put up a virtual uh, book and send it to all of our corporate sponsors as oh, well yeah. as Major League Baseball to try to help these young men and young women and these schools get an opportunity to get a high-paying job for these major corporations and, of course, in Major League Baseball. You know, here, you know, I'm getting a little older but i tell everyone that i get to hire at the academy i'll help you get in the door but i want you to go down the hall so hopefully you know some of these young people will get to go and, and be another general manager someday so those are the kind of things we're trying to do this is uh i, I hate to say we're, we're not trying to make money but we're trying to, to make an opportunity for all these kids not just the the players you know out of those teams kids i mean we'll get drafted Probably not that many, but all of them say they played amazing ballpark one day. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful.
1: Uh, As we let you go, uh, we'd love to get you back on as we get closer to the event, maybe get some updates and see how things are going. Uh, uh, We might even get a chance if we can work together, maybe even to do a show and do a couple of interviews, do some dignitaries at the event. We'll see if that makes sense for you and if that will work for you. We'd love to do this. We think this is A great opportunity for HBCU Classics. When we get a chance, maybe to bring you back on, we'll start talking about your connection with HBCUs and how you even got into baseball. But in this one, I wanted to make sure we got the uh, information out on the 2023 Astros Foundation Castor Jack HBCU Classic. We appreciate Um, that. I say thank you. We really appreciate the opportunity.
2: And uh, it was our pleasure. I need a copy of that uh, HBCU uh, photograph you had up behind you. For
1: my <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> like that? I'll see if I can make this, it happen for somebody like you. You deserve it. I'd I, I, I I I love,
2: love to be able to, me to me. put that here in my office
1: at Maid Park. would be great. All right. Uh, All right, that'll work, no doubt about it. Thank you, uh, Mr. You. Wade. We'll be right back after this quick break.
4: And ultra soft has so much cushiony softness. It's hard for your family to remember. They can use less.
0: Sweet pillows of softness. This is
4: soft. Holy charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin?
0: Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties through its programs Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, life skills for teens, and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentJAX.
5: T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash.
0: T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turned my injury to cash.
5: Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123.
0: Press the analytic data with your hip hop if you know them like I know them they gonna tell you if your team if they want allow let so listen to professor yes sir yes and pay attention cuz he gonna teach a lesson This is Dr. Bill with inside a
1: HBC Sports Lab. We're back with Charles Bishop and A.D. Drew. Uh, and we're going to get into the mid-major women's ranking. We're going to do a little different today. We're going to give you both in this segment, women's and men's mid-major. We'll start out with the women's, and we're going to get the gentleman to say what they think about my top five on the mid-major level. You know, early this week, uh, Mike went in, so I had to cut off his mic and send him on his way. We'll see if we bring him back. He came back a little dust-up, and so I, I need to let him know who who – who owns the bike around this place. We'll see if 82 can handle himself uh, if he wants something of this. Dropping <laughs> out this week is Florida Memorial Lions sitting at 14-5, and 8-3. Receiving votes is Savannah State Tigers sitting at 14-6 and 10-5 and and with 10. Miles Bear sitting at 14-6, 10-5 at 9. Florida Memorial Lions sit at 14-5 and five at 8-3. Let's get into the top five. As you see, one team jumped out. But at number five, Lincoln, Pennsylvania, the Lions out of the C.I.A.A. are at 15 6, 9 and 6-9-2. They stay at number five, but they're sl- solidly in the poll at 31 points. At number four, though, Fayetteville State Broncos out of the C.I.A.A. Uh, jump in the poll, 13 6, 9 and 6-9-2, 33 points, as they were not ranked last week, but they jump in at number four. At number three, West Virginia State Yellow Jackets sit at 16 and 3, 11 and 3, 43 points. They remain in the three spot, bringing us to number two. The Russ Bearcats had a great weekend. They were all, but they still, with everybody else fluctuating, they were able to move up. They moved up two spots 13 and 3, 7 and 0, undefeated at 54 points, uh, chasing down number one out of the SIAC, the only SIAC team, but they're at the very top is Tuskegee Golden Tigers sitting at 17 and 3, 14 and 0, undefeated in SIAC play as of Monday. They have six points, 60 points as they continue to get it done. We're going to jump to the men's, and then I'm going to get your thoughts on either or both of these poll rankings in terms of the men's. In week number four, Cap Claflin, uh, as they drop out of the polls, uh, receiving votes are none other than Claflin Panthers. They still at the top mm-hmm. of receiving votes, so they just dropped out. Basically number six, if you would. 15 and 4, 7-4, 25 points. Tuskegee Golden Tigers are. Uh, receiving votes is 16 and 6, 11 and 4. Miles Golden Bears sit at 16 and 5, 12 and 4. Uh, A.D. Drew talked about this last week, um, really about that rivalry, and it was a good one down there as Charles got to be a part of the play by play of that matchup, uh, getting it done in so many days. It was in so many ways, I should say, uh, as Mo Carter was also doing his thing as the commentator there. Winston Salem State Rams, 15 and 5, 7 and 4 are outside looking into the top five. So who are the top five? We have a new one at number five this week. Belinda Smith Panthers. 15 and 3, 5, Ooh. 7, 2, 45 points. They were not in the top five, but they find a way in as Clafflin falls out. At number four, you have Savannah State Tigers, 14 and 6, 12, and 4. They move up a spot from number five with 54 points as they're still rolling. And number three, you have Virginia Union Panthers sit at 18 and four, 18 and two, playing some good basketball at the CIAA 58 points. They move up a slot from number four last week. Bring us to number two, Tougaloo Bulldogs, 19 and one, 7 and 0 oh, as they're undefeated. Three first place votes are looking solid. Uh, they caught up a little bit with Langston, but not enough to close the gap. 75 points, but still remain at number two. Langston Lions continue to roll. First team, twenty victories in our men's poll rankings. That's Division One or Division Two, and I, for that matter, they said at twenty-one wins, just one loss, fifteen and one, five first-place votes, seven, eight points, and they are at number one, getting it done. So you see, Langston Lions remain number one in week number four as much as Tuskegee Golden Tigers do as well as the women. Let me go to you, Charles. First, men's and women's. What do you think about the poll rankings, Charles?
3: Uh, I think you're on on target with the uh with the women's uh pole rankings. Uh watch Tuskegee up close. They they play some tremendous basketball. Curious, no Winston, no mention for Winston Salem State. They're right there on the heels of Fayetteville State, both 4-1 and conference play. I saw Fayetteville State was able to make it uh, uh into the uh conference rankings. But I, I like where you're going. I, I like it this week. I definitely think Russ uh with a week off, uh they, they held held position if if you will, and then uh to Tuskegee playing some tremendous basketball. Uh, you Take a look at them. They're 91 over the last 10. They won eight in a row. Uh, you have very few teams playing as hot as they are right now. So shout out to both men's and women's programs at Tuskegee. I saw the men. Get some, uh, yeah. yeah, get some love in there uh, on the men's side as well. So good poll this week.
1: Charles, while well, I got a little time here, I want to ask you, what? how was your experience down there? You know, you're in Miles, Birmingham. Oh, man. You, know, you had the robbery game. And so we don't always get a chance to talk at this depth. Obviously, we are embedded in the squack territory. So we get to mm-hmm. feel, the vibe. You know, this week we just had Prairie View. Um, and Texas Southern, and the men's side, went to mm-hmm. double overtime. And the women's game was pretty close for a while. As Prairie View kind of stretched out late. Uh, but you saw the atmosphere here. Talk about the atmosphere, if you would, in regards to Miles Tuskegee. And I'll ask the same for Drew as well.
3: It was electric, uh, Dr. Cabello. When you talk about uh, two rival teams uh, and with the crowd sitting down on top of you, uh, I mean, anytime a ball rolled out of bounds, student section was going to pop up and be in somebody's face. Uh, and that's how close uh, you are on the action. And uh, it was a rivalry in every sense of the word. I mean, uh, I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen that amount of vitriol uh, that was going on <laughs> in the game, after the game, you know, uh, so much so to the point with Miles Coach. I mean, he really had to literally just decompress about a good 45 minutes after the game, just sat there just staring off into space. I was like, okay, this is what a rivalry is supposed to look like. So I enjoyed it very much. Uh, I'll take my hat off to the uh, – uh, Miles, uh, for the hospitality down there. Great atmosphere
1: with Miles in Tuskegee. Man, I'm glad you got the experience. I'm glad you shared it with us. Before I get you in the poll ranking, AD Drew, talk about your experiences. You know, Charles gets to see it by as a visitor, you know, a commentator doing the color, did an excellent job, I must say. I'll make sure you, you don't tell him I said that. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, oh, I forgot he's right here. I was listening at it during the prairie stuff. So um, and everybody around, I told them uh, that you were doing your thing. But hey Did if you would talk a little bit about this rivalry because everybody doesn't everybody really thinks their rivalry is the best, rightfully so, it's their rivalry. But we get a chance to expose it from a different perspective. And you being alum, you've been in there and coaching, talk about how intense this Miles College Tuskegee University rivalry is. Both <laughs> men's and women's really any sport I just.
6: Yeah, you know, I've I've been on all sides of this rivalry. I've been there. I've been there as as a coach. I've been there as a just a fan, and then I've also been a part of this rivalry as a member of the media. So I have seen all all sides of this rivalry. Uh, I mentioned this to Charles. You know, when I was coaching at Tuskegee, we never played in Knoxville Gymnasium where that game was at. So, honestly, Mm -hmm. that was the first time that I actually experienced that rivalry on the campus of Miles College. I have been to games in that facility, but it was never our game. It was never a Tuskegee game because that game always got moved to a larger venue because of the crowd. Dr. Kabir, that was a fire marshal game. Yes. If there was one other body in that building, some, the fire marshal would have been there and said, Put the ball down, everybody go home. That type of thing. <laughs> people, people were outside. We found out people were outside watching Charles and Bo call the game on their phones, waiting up. You ever been to the club and the club is so packed and you just got to wait on somebody to go to their car so you can come in and take their spot? <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. Right. Hey, all right, we got two spaces, two up, two up. Yeah, that, two. I got two. I got room for two. Yeah, that's exactly what that was. And oh, I, I, love I it. Also, love. I also describe it as this is Biles Gym is a classic CIAA gym in Alabama. Mm. So, if you've ever been to them old, the old style CIAA gym before, a few people started re- rebuilding, or even some of the older mm-hmm. gyms in. The swag and, and everything—that is what that is. That is a classic gym. Everybody's like, about two feet from the baseline to the wall. About about yeah. three, four feet from the there's literally about three feet behind the benches and the first and the first row of the bleachers. So you know it it it, it was all that. Uh, we had a we had a, a Tuskegee player got t- got teed up when he he went to save the ball. Threw the ball there, wild up in, wild up in about the third row. And next next thing you know, there was conversations going on between that.
4: They had, they, had, <laughs>
6: they had to come and put a the security had to come put a wall up between the student section and the players to get it going. And when he came back down the court and made a play, coming back down a couple a couple of possessions later, he turned around and said something to the student section, and the referee teed him up for talking to the fan. That's what you call a rival. <laughs>
1: that's, that's right. A, that's right. That's a rival.
6: But get getting so on these the polls. To tell us what you think about the co rank. Getting on these polls, I'm not going, I'm not gonna be too long winning on these polls because honestly, doc, we are really splitting hairs mm-hmm. on this men's and this, this women's polls. There are so many good teams, not only in your top five, but 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 in your receiving votes. So just for conversation, I'm going to uh I'm gonna really try to split some hairs here. What did Florida Baboria do? To to drop all the way out, Doctor Caville. You know, I, I might consider just, leaving for just me. one law. Exactly, just one exactly. Like yeah, you know, that's I crazy. might right. I might have left Florida Memorial in there. Fayetteville, Lincoln, Florida Memorial. It's really just reaching to that reach it to the hat, and which name you pull out, that's the one that gets left out. You know, with those with those three right there, no and, no. Uh, four, five, six. On the on the men's side. It's kind of hard for me, and, and I'm being the SIAC homer uh, on this one right now, Dr. Kavir. It's kind of hard for me not to have Tuskegee mm-hmm. uh, Tuskegee in there in the top five and possibly Miles sitting right there behind me. You can't put Miles ahead. Miles of is the, a good team. Because Tuskegee has a yeah. sweep. Miles does the one thing that will win them that tournament. They play defense. They play defense well, and great in those defense. Yeah, Tuskegee so, plays
1: good oh, defense. Who do you bump out, Philander Smith? You bump out Falanda Smith.
5: I would
6: Tuskegee? actually take Philander and Savannah out and put both those in with Tuskegee okay. at four, at Miles and five. No disrespect so you to Philander Smith and Savannah in the East right now. I, 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 I take
1: the, really do. I'll take that. I'll take
6: that. I really do think the West is stronger. Nobody's gonna want to play either one of those those two teams. In the tournament, you do not want to. You do not want to be that team from the east that has to face them in the tournament because there's a real serious path those two may be in the finals. I'm, I'm just being real. Those are probably the top two teams in the conference right now. Don't disrespect to Savannah State, but Savannah State yeah. hasn't been challenged on the east side like those two teams have been challenged on the west.
1: I like it. I like it. I appreciate it. We'll take this quick break, but uh AD just gave you a lesson in regards to old school, why they call them the cages. Remember, if you go back to your old newspapers and talk about the Black fives, they used to call them the cages. Yeah. They played in these band boxes that almost felt like a cage. And literally, sometimes they did have cages uh, to protect the fans. And so, uh, interesting, seems like uh, if you go back to the Miles College, if they have to play in that facility, you might need to put up the cages again. <laughs> uh, not... not UFC! Just needed insurance to protect folks. That's how it is. But great event, great <laughs> stuff, great breakdown for both y'all. Sticker will we'll be right back on the other side. We're going to bring you a little early football. Yes, yesterday was we'll signing a date. We're going to bring in the gurus, X's and O's. You know them as V.J. Jones and Joshua Seniors. We'll bring them back on the other side with these gentlemen. We'll talk a little bit about the signing uh, and see what it looks like. Stickerwoods will be right back after this break.
6: Your ad could be ran
5: here. myjbn.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more
1: information.
4: The new GMC Sierra with hands-free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class. Yeah, it runs.
5: From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com
1: Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work
0: here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh?
2: Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) Never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never
6: not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology.
5: It's like a loot machine. Going around town trying to get down.
0: Data with your hip hop if you know them like I know them. They're going to tell you if your team, if they want allow lot of laughing, so listen to Professor uh, Yes, sir, yes, and sir. pay attention. He's going to teach a lesson. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop if you know them like I know them. This is Dr. Vill with Inside
1: HPC Sports Lab. We have X's and O's, you know him better as B.J. Jones and Joshua Sims Sr. Bringing you some new framework, new way to see it. So I'm excited about this project, X's and O's. And I certainly wanted to give y'all a chance to jump on here and talk a little bit about with all of us and Charles and see what he has to say about signing day. It was a big day for a lot of HBCUs. And I know you kind of open things up on HBCU Nightly. For those who don't know, you can follow B.J. Jones. And Joshua Sims Seniors on Twitter. They do Twitter spaces. DJ Jones uh, will do his Twitter spaces on Tuesday when he does it. Uh, and Joshua Sims Sr. does it on Wednesday, HBCU nightly. They'll spread it out when they're big comments and times to open it up, so you might be able to catch them other days of the week. But primarily, you certainly can catch them in. And if you just follow these gentlemen, you'll certainly know when they're going to go live with the rest of their team. Oftentimes, I'm in there providing some information here and there, but I try to stay out of the way because these brothers are good at what they do. Uh, with that being said, uh, yesterday, as I continue to say, it was a big day for a lot of institutions, or at least excitement for a lot of folks. And it's good when you get African-American Black people uh, excited. We get a chance to smile because oftentimes uh, we're dealing with other things in this world that doesn't allow us to smile as much as I think we should. So- most folks were smiling. I guess there's probably a couple out there may may uh, frown about their coaches and what they did or didn't do. Uh, but we'll get on that in terms of what that looks like. Let me start with you, Joshua. First, give some people that hadn't heard from this perspective. We kind of teased it out a little bit. Tell us, what is X's and O's and what it's going to be about? Yeah, Doc, man, X's and O's
5: is, is the brainchild of my brother, BJ Jones, and myself, man. Uh, we kind of teased it out. We've been teasing it out now for a few weeks man um all kind of bought brought to fruition by the good doctor uh, uh and literally man this is a this is an opportunity and a take for both uh guys who both played in college uh bj jones at southern university north carolina central university for myself both played the game both coached the game uh we actually played on two different sides of the ball i played on offense which is normally the exit um and bj played on the defense side which is mostly those man and um you know, it, it gives us an opportunity, or you can go vice versa. It doesn't really matter. But it gives an opportunity for us to be able to uh, really take the level of expertise that we have by both playing the game, coaching the game, and now being on the media side, being able to be analysts, to be able to give a different layer of perspective, a different layer of insight, different different mindset, um, and really kind of a, a much more deep deeply analytical component to the game of football, man. And so me and my brother, man, we complement each other really well, man. We complement each other like Kool-Aid and good sugar. You know, honestly, man, it's, it's a good, good compliment. You know what I mean? And so you guys will get a chance to see both of us together in X's and O's. And this is something we're rolling with, man. This is something now, from now on, um, you know, I, I'm myself as well as BJ, we're conscious about the fact that, like, when they get one, they get the other. You don't get peanut butter without the jelly. You get jelly with the peanut butter. You put it together. It's a phenomenal football based uh, perspective conversation and sandwich, man. So, Uh, We're excited, man, Doc. We really really are excited, man. We're
2: excited to bring this to the world, man, so they can hear us and see our perspective.
1: I like that. I like that. B.J. Jones, share your perspective of what they can get with X's and O's.
4: I mean, the biggest thing is, man, looking at the game um, through the eyes and the lens of what a a coaching staff would. Um, I am guilty of still watching games that way um, where, you know, I'm looking at alignments and realignments and, Who's adjusting? You know, who's adjusting where? And you know, hey, uh, that quarterback—if he looks one way, he's going to throw that way. Almost just looking at it uh, from a defensive coordinator position. Hey, what, what do they look like? You know, from from guard to guard. You know, what are the tackles like? You know, are there some mismatches there? Uh, could I blitz here and exploit this? Um, that's why when you see me at games, I'm usually in the end zone because that's the view. Uh, that I want, and that's the view that, I honestly, I break the game down from. So uh, taking this game that we all know and love and just breaking a different different element that a lot of people um, really don't, you know, re- never really thought about or never had it broken down, but just breaking down the game and making it simple and uh, it. Couldn't ask for a better partner in crime uh, than Josh. Uh, you know, Josh, you know, playing on the offensive side of the ball on the collegiate level. I, he has a lot of knowledge. Look, like I've seen offensive playbooks in college. I'm glad I played on the defensive side of the football. Uh, but uh, we're going to have fun with it. Uh, going to have fun with it, and people are really enjoying it already. With the you know the things that we've done already.
1: Yeah, I, I will say that for sure. Uh, there's a little picture there. Uh, in the picture in the middle, uh, you have Erica. Uh, Howard grad that is going to kind of shepherd and see if they can keep these young men on the uh, straight and narrow, which will be certainly hard to do that. But one thing in this matchup that's always fascinating to me is uh, BJ Jones. I always know that you like to watch the game from the field. Same with Joshua. And, and now I get to see that because I'm always up in the booth and I like to sit back because I'm analyzing all this stuff as I do my writing and the journalistic. And Charles always told me about it. It's a different perspective on the field, and obviously with what he's able to do with the pregame show, he always told me, he said, man, it's different now. You want to get down on this field. So I'm going to go to you, Charles, to um, maybe give a little word of advice Uh, as you'd have to deal with me <laughs>
3: co the show.
1: All right. And, I, and you've grown far exceeded any of my expectations in regards uh, to our partnership and doing your own thing with Neely with the pregame show. I'm so excited and proud of how you took that and ran with it. And that's my same expectation for these guys. We brought them into the show, did Sunday thing. Now don't disappear. I know how y'all, y'all get so famous, then you ain't got time But with that being said, uh, anything other than that, Charles, give them some words of wisdom, if you would, in regards to expectation. I know they've been in it, uh, but we always can share in terms of how we low and grow. Learned yeah, them. no,
3: I I think they're, they're, they're going to enjoy the experience. So they both are very passionate about, you know, football uh, with regards to uh, the respective sides of the ball. And I've grown to enjoy listening to both of them break uh, down games. Uh, one of the big things that I, you know, had an opportunity to experience uh, being at the field level was just hearing the conversations uh, that are happening on the sidelines uh, in regards to, what is happening and what are the coaches are seeing. So uh, to just to bring out that perspective, if you can, you know, if you can dive off into that, that's always I think a fascinating part that I don't think fans really get an opportunity to uh, experience is just uh, the way coaches are seeing things and the way they adjust on the fly. So anytime you bring that stuff to the forefront, I, I'm sure you guys will do a tremendous job with it. I'm looking forward to uh, listening to the show and really, you know, uh gaining a better football knowledge. You know, uh, we can always learn even more. I think I, I know a little a little something, but, you know, when I hear guys who play uh, at that collegiate level, it always takes it to a different level. So I really appreciate what you guys are going to bring to
4: the forefront. Much love, Chuck. Much love. Appreciate that, y'all. Oh, certainly. Uh,
1: Joshua, let me ask this. Before we get into this top, uh, signing day and who y'all see as the top programs and picking. on, we'll do that in the next segment before we get out of here. I know there was both of y'all chimed in this, DJ Jones which is fascinating. Uh, there was these ESPN NFL uh, lie that they do where you had the players going in and talking about these X's and O's. And, man, uh, it drew a lot of attention from a lot of folks because people don't always get to see that. And you talked about this is where, we, this is where we're going, where you really get to get into the X's and O's and strip the folks that want to have a little more than folks just being able to talk uh, some chatter about football, how they feel, what they see. Maybe take them in, as Charles just alluded to, those conversations on the sideline. how much coaches are actually making adjustments when fans may not think they are uh, because yeah. it's not happening as fast, but they forget that you're dealing with young men uh, that do not yeah. do this professionally and get all day <laughs> to perfect yeah. the you know that they got to do other things, and they're, they're trying oftentimes really hard. Uh, and you're talking about the mix between talented players, because to me, if you're playing on the college level, you're talented. And I don't think people understand that. Between talented players, very talented players that happen to be maybe four or five stars or have grown to four or five stars, and then the elite players, when we talk about those that make the NFL, because they're the top of the top. And we ain't talking about the all-star, all-pro. we just talking about this level, and I think people forget that. But give us a little indication of what it looks like, Joshua.
5: Yeah man I mean the difference in the variance in, in in each level man uh I was a really good high school football player right got to college and and now I'm on a team with a whole bunch of guys who are really good high school football players and then you know you come into a room in that on that perspective and then you get guys who are all conference they all american you know and they really really set themselves apart and they're really 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 talented Right. And then some of those guys, you get the opportunity to watch them. They go to the next level, Um, you know, and they end up going to the NFL. And those guys are exactly as you call it. You talk about the elite of the best. You know, the best of the best are the guys who get that opportunity. And the same thing happens at HBCUs. You know, for HBCUs, those guys, you look at a guy like James Houston this year who came from Jackson State, who had an opportunity to get into get into a rhythm later on in the season. The expectation was that he was able to get into a rhythm from the moment he stepped on the field. He stepped into that rhythm and finished the season really well. You know, i am already started looking and analyzing. Who are the guys who are going to be able to do that as well this season coming up? You even take another guy like a Jacoby Durant. Goes to the L.A. Rams. They don't have a great season, but he has a standout season as a rookie, as a DB. You know, he played a lot in the nickel, played a lot at at, at the dime. And, and the Rams are known for giving a lot of different defensive looks. From an offensive perspective, uh, what you guys – what I – kind of always see and what we're always going to do, because I know you use the example of what, what I posted on uh, with the NFL live guys is I'm always still looking at the game from a coach's perspective. Very, very so, so my brother BJ Jones said, man, I uh, I uh tend to not like to spend all of the game on the field. Um I want to spend half of the game on the field, half of the game up in the box or so closest as high as I possibly can see, because as an offensive coordinator, the ability, my ability to make adjustments and changes from what I see from a bird's eye view, it's very much more impactful than for defensive coordinators. They got to be in the thick of it, making adjustments and making changes from what they see. They're going to be able to feel the momentum shifting of a game. It's much di- much more different for an offensive coordinator than it is a defensive coordinator. So, you know, I did, man. I was a really good high school football player, man. All conference, all region. I was the man in high school. Got to college, got in a room full of guys like Giovanni Irvine and Corey Harris. All of these guys who was all conference, all – I mean, all conference already. By the time I stepped on, on foot on 1801 Fairwood Street, and I just had to wait my time, man. I, I found my way through through special teams, dog. I ain't even, you know what I'm saying? I, I ain't getting no passes. That's, until, that's, until that's real
1: talk. It yeah.
3: grown
1: Hey, pull up that picture in terms of uh, the FCS top 10 list. Uh, we're going to get on the other side and talk a little bit about that. Then there was the early recruiting class, and we'll get the chance to talk Even more about that. So if you can, before we go to this break, Drew, uh, pull up that uh, picture of the FCS top 10 list uh, that shows, I think, Jackson State tied at number one. It has FAMU at number three. and has Alabama A&M tied at five. And that's your top 10. Those are your three HBCUs in the top 10. So we'll talk a little bit about recruiting class and why has it changed to make a difference and how some teams may get rated high in a recruiting class and others not, uh, but it's all a game there. So we'll get on the other side. We'll be right back and talk a little bit more about this recruiting class and see uh, what the difference is. Stay with us after this break. Thank
5: you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we we, we, we love what you guys do, Brian, A D Roy, all you guys at BCSN. We really appreciate what
3: it is that you got you guys do for us. We? Is
4: this the one?
3: Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the
5: coolest places.
0: This sounds wonderful.
5: Come
3: outside, I'll introduce you.
5: They're
4: here. Definitely the one. (laughs) Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier.
0: Professor data with your hip hop If you know him like I know them They gon' tell you if your team if they wanna launch mm-hmm. So listen to Professor Yes sir And pay attention Yesa. Cause he gon' teach a lesson
1: This is Dr. Neal with the Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, Mike is on the We have those of X's and O's, at least two of the, three of the crew here, which is B.J. Jones and Joshua Sims Sr., as you know more about them. With that being said, Charles, I know you wanted to add something as I teased out the top, and we'll get into the end.
3: So
1: what were you saying there?
3: Yeah, well, I, I, I was really excited about National Recruit Day, but... The thing that really intrigued me was everybody putting their schedules out, and that once I started looking at the schedule, especially on one particular team, uh, it took a lot of excitement away from me because I saw the first four games essentially were road games, especially looking at the number one recruiting class of Jackson State. But the first four games literally was South Carolina State, Pam U, Southern. Then you get an FBS team. I was like, wait a second. What, what? What is this? So, you know, the you guys break this thing down for me with regards to taking a look uh, National Saturday Day. But when you start kind of extrapolating stuff and looking at the schedules, you know, my heart got to beating fast real quick. So, help me out. Man.
1: <laughs> oh, that was real talk. Uh, as you're doing that, I'm going to start with you, Joshua. Uh, Sims, in terms of breaking it down. One thing that I noticed with this uh, recruiting class is, you know, you had the early signing period. And in the early signing period, you had actually um, all at number three. You didn't even have Alabama AM and in the top ten. Um, and so, at least according to this index, which was uh, done by uh, early signing day per 247 Sports, um, opposed to light on college, so people can have a little difference. But you don't think that missed disparity. Uh, but obviously, they use the three and four stars, so you get a little bit about that. And so that's the one that ranked all HBCUs, where you see Alcorn at three, uh, and you don't even have Alabama A and M in there. You have North Carolina Central, obviously uh, at number eight in terms of where they were ranked uh, early signing period. It doesn't include the new one. Uh, yeah, Prairie View six <laughs> in the 10. I know some folks in prayer were kind of disappointed after what they saw. But then I had Luke come back and said, no, that, that's actually pretty good. So you have different folks, different thoughts. Uh, let me start with you in terms of the recruiting class. Did you agree with what you've seen out there with the rankings, and why and why not?
5: You know what, Doc? Um, I, I do agree. I agree. And, and, and everybody who kind of knows uh, my approach to this, uh, I'm I'm fairly even kill on this. I agree from two fronts. One, I think there are some programs that yesterday uh we kind of knew going into yesterday was gonna make some headway. We already knew Jackson State and FAMU were tearing up the recruiting trail. Um, Alabama m quiet is kept. Last night on HBC Nightly, me and BJ had them on. We had Mo Carter from uh right down there in, in Alabama AM country, and he told us this recruiting class is better than most people are giving credit for. So um, – and I went and looked, and he was absolutely right. Now, given it wasn't but so far they was going to be able to go from the year previous, you know, from a recruiting class mm-hmm. they hit the year prior, uh, but they definitely made strides. Shout-out to Coach Connell Maynard on the strides that he made there. Here's what I will say about the lack of, eight, of, of MEAC team that's in that top team. Um, you, you generally – are going to have MEAC programs not really make huge waves on recruit on the recruiting trail. It's just what it is. Um, Howard yesterday how had a great day. Out? I have no idea, man. I think that it boils down to um, a lot of the names and-, and just the amount of attention that's g- garnered through social media and through media in general on the MEAC programs versus the SWAC programs from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, we will see how competitive Howard's going to be. They made some big-time moves on the offensive side. Didn't make no moves on the defensive side. Morgan State plugged and played in some spots they felt like. They finally had a full recruiting season this offseason. We'll see how that ends up affecting their game. And then if you look down at 1801 Fayetteville Street, uh, you know, we made a couple moves, but nothing too loud. And then that's just the truth. The North Carolina Central just didn't make a lot of loud moves. South Carolina State, for me, in my opinion, won the day for the me, I yesterday. today, um, quietly. Mm-hmm. And if anybody get a chance, Go look at that class that South Carolina State signed yesterday. And you'll see exactly why. They have a replacement for Shaq down there that they signed yesterday. They have a replacement in spots that they know that they're always going to be good. And I'm hearing rumblings that that quarterback room is improved already. So, South Carolina State won the day <laughs> through yesterday. In the act. Quiet as kept.
1: B.J. Jones, same question for you, but I obviously look at it from a fact, SWAT perspective. Did you agree with the rankings? Uh, did you have something off, off there? Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of what took place yesterday? not just with the rankings, but
4: overall. No, I agree with the rankings. I knew that um, T.C. Taylor and Jackson State, they had a, a big task in front of them, um, lost a nice little portion of their roster, but they did a good great job of replacing those guys, man. I'm excited about um, a few players that Jackson State was able to go and get. And then FAMU, man, FAMU, uh, they lit it up. Um, and I, I think that this is the year that a lot of the, the orange and green faithful they're looking at this year as probably, if not now, then when, if ever. Mm. Uh, because I mean, they they have that type of talent uh, down there. Uh, a, a team that I think people are sleeping on from a recruit standpoint is all Um, I like what they did in the early signing period. I like the way that they closed late. Alabama and them sneaky, you know, had a sneaky good class. Um, and I will say the same thing about Alabama State as well. They come along. They came uh, along late, but if you look at some of the guys they brought in, they brought in guys that that are close to competing for jobs day one uh, on campus, and, and, mm. and that's huge. Mm.
1: Charles, you want to jump in and ask
3: follow up yeah, question? Yeah, actually, actually, Alabama State is the one that I'm real curious about because I thought uh, when you take a look, especially at the Swackies, that they are that they were they they're coming. You know, they're, they're, they're right there. I saw with that defense last year with the big corners and the physicality. Uh, I saw, you know, what, what they're trying to do down there. So I was really curious in terms of what Alabama State was uh, able to do
4: yesterday, BJ. Man, they hit it hard on the defensive side. Um, you saw them really show up on the defensive line. They went um, – they hit the receiver side hard. Um, they lost Jeremiah Hicks, and he's now in New, uh, New Mexico. Um their, their, their best receiver in the kid that wore uh, 80, um, he was, I think, just a freshman or a sophomore last year. You uh, did see them bring in a junior college quarterback. They lose miles, Crawley to grambling. Uh, but then they bring in a, a junior college quarterback uh, that has an arm and and, and that can, can swing it around the yard a little bit. Uh, and they addressed the, the, the running back role. Um, Santo Dunn did a lot for them um, a year ago. I think that he was a a, a one-year guy, grad transfer, um, so they go in and they refresh that. So if they can get that quarterback position figured out, uh, Alabama State is a dangerous football team.
3: Let, let me let me follow that up uh, and ask this at question, Josh. Uh, Norfolk State wholesale changes uh, yesterday with regards to what they brought in. Uh, who is that team that could actually challenge North Carolina Central uh, in, in the MEAC? Yeah, man, I, um, to, to your point about Norfolk State, uh, before I get to
5: what, I, what I, who I believe can challenge North Carolina Central, Norfolk State signs 38 guys yesterday. And from what yeah. I'm hearing, they're not done. I'm hearing that they're looking to sign even more kids uh, between now and that um, the next transfer portal period. Um, mm-hmm. Norfolk State is going to look like a completely different team this year. Dawson Oldham is going to have the task of trying to put together this roster, even during the spring with the guys he's got that's early enrolled that just to get some sort of camaraderie in motion moving. I still believe they're about two or three years away from being able to compete. Um, but I think that when you see a move like this, it's intentional. Very similar, if I have to say so myself, to what Connell Maynard did last year. You bring in a whole brand new, essentially brand new class of guys last year, what Connell Maynard did. And then in his second recruiting class post that, in his first recruiting class post that, he puts together a top 10 recruiting class. And so the same thing is going to be expected of Dawson Odoms. This recruiting class is not going to be the recruiting class that's going to compete. But to your question about who's the team that I believe that can compete mm-hmm. with North Carolina Central for the MEAC, it's two teams. The first is Howard. And I know, I know, brother, Big Mike ain't on here. He can't say it. I'm going to say it for him. Howard? Yeah, Howard. <laughs> they have already, they already had last year, and I want everybody to keep in mind this, they already had a very young offensive line last year of some really big and talented guys that can move. They found their way around being able to create space and get hands on guys, and it was really insightful to see. Now, their defensive side of the ball is their defensive side of the ball, and I'm not quite sure why they didn't go and recruit hard on the defensive side of the ball because, for me, I felt like that was the biggest question mark. You got Q Williams coming back next year. He's going to have another uh, spring to develop. You got a much better offensive line, much better targets on the outside and a really good running back room, I'm not understanding why he's not able, why they didn't go get guys on the defensive side. But the second team is a team that everybody knows. They're the big bad wolf. They're the boogeyman of the conference. And they're the team that we just haven't found a way to beat. South Carolina State. And I'm going to say it now. Mm. I'm going to say it once we get to the spring. I'm going to say it in the summer. And as we get to the season, if North Carolina Central wants to cement themselves as the top dog in the conference next year, going into MEAC play, They're going to have to beat South Carolina State October the 25th. They've got South Carolina State second
3: on their MEAC schedule.
5: Circled. And they're coming to Durham. And they're going to have a much improved defense, even though they lost a couple guys. I think that defense is going to be better than it was last year. Now, the biggest question for any of these other programs is, what are they going to do in the quarterback room? Who's got an improved quarterback room? And if if Corey Fields is not the guy or whoever it is that's in that quarterback room down there in South Carolina State, if they're not the person, they're going to find out fairly quick with Their schedule too, Chuggins, you talked about y'all. Their schedule is going to put some people in some hot fire early and often, and then you got to try to come up to Durham and try to knock off the dogs.
3: Doc, let me follow up with this real quick question, and it it revolves around the regionality of recruiting. And I wanted to ask this question. Uh, B.J., you know this well. Guys grew up in the South essentially want to play in the SEC conference. Uh, uh, and I've, I've often been curious about this. And you may mention, uh, you know, recruiting uh, in the MIAC, it is what it is, uh, maybe not as flashy or whatever the case might be. But is there a good wellspring of players who want to be at North Carolina Central, at South Carolina State, at Howard, uh, at Norfolk State? Uh, might not be, uh, you know, quote, unquote, as flashy sometimes as uh, being within the, 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 the southern region. Uh, in terms of guys wanting to play, you know, um, at, at, at power five schools. But I'm curious, uh, do you get a better caliber player? Because we're starting to see a play out in the celebration Bowl? Absolutely. A hundred percent. You know,
5: we have the benefit in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference of being the, – the, the FBS conference that's right there with us is, is the ACC. Well, well the ACC is not yeah. very good. At, they're not very good at football. Um, and, then, I mean, outside of Clemson – and Florida State yesteryear, they're not very good at football. And so here in North Carolina, mm-hmm. North Carolina Central has just as much of a chance. North Carolina a t has just as much of a chance to go into a kid's living room and get a guy who has an offer from Wake Forest, Duke, NC State, yeah. uh, Chapel Hill, as um, as as they have to be able to try to come and get us. Like, our coaches can go in those living rooms and do the same thing. And the same thing in Virginia. North Carolina State's coaches can go and get a guy who might have an offer from a UVA or a Virginia Tech? Same thing in Maryland. You know, honestly, the truth is that we don't have to compete against what you guys have to compete against in the SWAC, and that's the Southeastern Conference. You know, you think about Jackson is in Mississippi, Well, you got Ole Miss and you got Mississippi State, you're really genuinely having to compete against Alabama State and Alabama AM are in the state of Alabama. We know who's there in the SEC. And same thing, so on and so forth. And then it's gonna get really interesting for Prairie View and Texas Southern, who I believe have been able to get some really good guys when Texas comes to, mm-hmm. the, to the SEC. Then we'll see how you know? that kind of shapes and folds from a recruiting standpoint. I still think Prairie View and Texas Southern will still be able to get the type of pa- caliber players they want, but it's going to be relatively different and in a way that they haven't had to see or face in, very, in a very, very long time, because let's be honest, Texas just hasn't been very good since Vince Young uh, left out of doing. So, you know, honestly, I, it's, it's just different here in North Carolina. Um, and it, it doesn't make it any easier that we're a basketball state. So We
1: well, hear it right here first. Uh, that is the kind of talk you can get used to of really getting into the X's and O's from B.J. Jones and Joshua Simpson Sr. And Erica, for that matter, trying to deal with these young gentlemen <laughs> in regards to keeping them on the path to make sure they give it. Uh, but I'm excited about uh, X's and O's. Uh, as it is coming, folks, or I should say it is here because you just heard it today. You've seen it as we kind of tease it and out. But make sure you follow uh, these guys in terms of uh, where you can get it. You can actually hit X's and O's on Twitter and follow them directly on their Twitter handle. I told you about the HBCU lives that you can see with B.J. Jones and Joshua Sims Sr. Uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So follow them, like them, keep up with them because you're going to get some great HBCU news and analysis that you can't quite get anywhere else. With that being said, I want to say thank you for listening inside the HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yannick Abil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening, Dr. Bill's inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. Look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the news. I want to thank our special guest, as we got Daryl Wade uh, from the Astros, the championship Astros, uh, BJ Jones. Uh, I know you got to celebrate last year, but uh, we got it done <laughs> this year, so we'll smile with you a little bit. You know I had to throw one dig. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta on Twitter. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and Instagram is YouTube, inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you download my JVN, my BCSN if you want to continue to get this great content, Uh, as you can see throughout the week, Tuesday and Thursday from inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike, Charles, and myself. You also obviously get ONG Strike Zone on Wednesday. You get Saturday with Carlos Brown, and then on Sunday nights you get none other than uh, Brian and A.D. with the Sports Raps. Continue to check us out. Uh, you know we do the games for you in all the groove of HV Sports. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. Joshua? Legend. B.J.? Dismissed. Appreciate y'all guys. Much love. O.G. Strikes, out. Oh.